In today's episode, we're speaking once again to the amazing Jeff Lerner. From a broke jazz musician to 100 million in online sales, Jeff Lerner's story and social media reach have inspired millions to get control of the future and reshape their life around his three P's of success, physical, personal, and professional. After a decade of building multiple businesses and over eight figures and twice landing on the Inc. 5000, Jeff turned his focus to building the world first institute of higher learning exclusively for entrepreneurs. And in today's episode, we're talking to Jeff about how to build a business from what you already know. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, I'm excited to say we have the wonderful Jeff Lerner. Welcome, Jeff. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you, Gul. Thank you, Jeff. And we had such an amazing time with you on a Friday feature. We had to have you back on Money Talkies. Um, Jeff, everyone's heard once again how amazing you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Um, so I run a platform called Entra, and I would I would describe Entra, I mean, in, in, in category terms, we're basically a, a platform for designing your life, a, a life design platform. We teach people the entire set of skills and provide them with a, a comprehensive, complete landscape that has all the resources and training and, and everything they need to basically say, here's the life I have. Here's the life I want. How do I bridge from here to there? Right. And, it, and it's financial. It's physical. It's relational. It's psychological, it's personal, it's self-help or not, not self-help, personal growth and development. It's, it's not self-help, it's with our help, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's everything. Right. And, and I look at the, the landscape of like, like, what did a person before Entra, what did a person who was tr trying to improve themselves all around and change their station in life? Like, what did they have to do? Right. And they had to pull, mm -hmm. uh, you know, books from over here and podcasts from over here, like like yours and, and courses from over here. And maybe they go to this seminar over here and they hire this coach over here. And we've just kind of taken everything and built an, a, a complete in ecosystem to, to encompass it all so that you can get a congruent message and a supportive community where everybody's kind of on the same page in, in a nutshell. Wonderful. And that ties in with today's um, topic, which is how to build a business from what you already know. Now, off camera, you were telling me this is exactly what you've done. And I was thinking, this is exactly what I've done. I've yeah. built my business for money uh, around uh, money mindset, because that's what I work on. But, mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that I had to go and learn. It was something that I'd been developing all throughout my legal study. So it was something, personal development, something I was working on all throughout. And you have been marketing for the last 10 years, and then now have built a business around teaching people to, you know, to the whole thing. So talk us through how, how did you start? I mean, how would one start? Yeah. I mean, and that's what I really like about this conversation. We teach this to a lot of our, our students inside the platform. You know, not everybody comes into Entra to say, Hey, how do I learn to build a digital business? But as a practical matter, a lot of the changes that most people are looking to make in their life will be a lot easier to achieve if they have either more money 
or they're able to do a different thing to get money that, that gives them more time and flexibility, right? Yeah. And so there is a lot of business training in our world. And, and I would say that's, that's almost at the core of it for most of our users is like actually learning how to build these types of businesses. And I love, you know, it's funny because people come in and they're like, well, what business am I going to build? And I'm like, well, what business are you in already? Like, mm-hmm. what do you know how to do? And maybe you're not getting paid for it yet, mm-hmm. but like, maybe you're helping people, you know, they just can't get Thanksgiving dinner right. And they always overcook the turkey. And you're like over at your friend's house, like showing them how to cook the turkey the right way. Maybe you're, you're the one that people always call when they need to fix their car. They don't, you know, it's making a weird noise and I need somebody, I don't want to go pay for a mechanic. I just want somebody to tell me what they think is wrong with it. Or maybe you're the one that people go to for relationship advice, or maybe you're the one they go to for legal advice or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us have spent our whole life being interested in things and becoming proficient at something. Yeah. And there is a method that where you can, we call it the knowledge business. You can Mm -hmm. take your knowledge and convert it into a viable business. And that's all I've done three and a half years ago. Like I, like I talked about on our, on our last episode, three and a half years ago, I was sitting there, I was considering retiring at 39 going, okay, well, how did I do this? Well, I know two things. I know how to take, you know, fearless, but calculated entrepreneurial risks without sabotaging myself through insecurity or self-doubt. And I have a skill set around digital marketing that's allowed me to be successful with at least some of those chances I've taken, right? So what if I take what I know, these things, and I package it and I teach it, and now I have a you know company with a quarter million customers all around the world in three and a half years because I took what I knew, and instead of thinking I needed to start over with something, I took what I already knew, and I shared it, and I monetized it, and I built a business out. And that's what we mean, and that's what we teach. Wonderful. And I mean, I mean I'm glad that you're talking about this because I find this with a lot of people. You know, they when all these professionals, and I was one of those, you know, when we work in these corporate environments, we, we're, we're accustomed to having a certain pay package and we know what we're worth. But when, we, when we're talking to, so if someone's talking to you, so for example, you or, my, or my, myself, it's, well, what am I good at? I don't, I don't think I'm good at anything. I don't think I'm actually good at anything. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not good at anything. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Even, the, even this idea of like, oh, I know what I get paid, so I know what I'm worth. There's actually, those are two different numbers Mm. because assuming your employer makes a profit, they're actually paying you less than you're worth to them. And that difference is called profit. Mm. So just because you think you, just because you know what you get paid doesn't mean you've even discovered what you're worth. I love that. I I never actually said it this way, but yes, you are absolutely right. So when I was working for my law firm, obviously my law firm was charging at that time, this is not obviously 10 plus years ago now, they were charging at least five, 600 pounds an hour for my, for my rate. Obviously mm-hmm. they weren't paying me that. Exactly. They were, they were charging that. So yeah, there is a big difference between what the company, your, your, your worth to the company and what the company pays you. And yeah. that is a difference, which most people don't even think to think, you know, think twice about because they think, well, I'm, I, you know, I get hundred K or I was actually 125K. I, I, I get 125K and that's, you know, that's a lot of money, but actually no, if they're paying you 125K, which means you must be worth 250 to them at least. Otherwise you yeah. wouldn't hire you. Yeah, exactly. And and you say, oh, well, what's the difference, right? Well, the difference is the company provides the infrastructure, the company provides the marketing, the company acquires the customers, the company provide, you know, has the liability insurance. And the, okay, well, what if I took whatever I know and I packaged it with a little bit of additional knowledge about what it actually takes to build and operate a business? I would literally probably 
at a minimum, double the value of what I know, mm. because then the value of what I know would be what the market is willing to pay for what I know, which I already know is more than what I get paid or else my employer wouldn't make a profit, right? Yeah. And then from there you go, okay, well, now that I'm in control of the marketing, now I'm in control of the customer acquisition. Now that I'm in control of the brand, people aren't buying whatever from XYZ Corporation, they're buying it from me. And then you realize the value in being the brand and building the brand and starting to be perceived as an authority not just an employee, not just a, a worker or a task executor. And as you build the authority, you actually realize, oh, my stock can go even higher. Mm. And then you, and, and, and then by the way, the marketing gets less expensive as the authority builds and you're suddenly able to acquire customers that will pay you more, but cost you less than the firm or the employer that used to work for. Uh, then, you know, they're spending more to acquire customers and they're charging less than you can because people now trust you more than they trust them because of all the value that you're giving. Because companies typically invest their marketing dollars in brand building, mm. not value giving. Like, yes. like, 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 let's put this in in clear cut terms. Like, let's take a company like 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 Audi, mm. like the car company, right? Audi is spending a ton of money on brand building, yeah. but they are not investing in teaching people cool stuff. They are not out there putting on clinics about how to build cars or how aerodynamics works or, you know, the aesthetic, you know, industrial design or like all the stuff they could be teaching people yeah. to deliver free value. They're not. So think how much goodwill they would build if they did, but companies don't think that way, but you can, once you become the company mm. and now your knowledge becomes more valuable because of the relationship that you're building with your audience. It's a human relationship that a company could never duplicate. And it just, it starts to layer on top of itself and you get to where you're me three and a half years in three and a half years ago, I was some unknown dad in Southern Utah. And, you know, now I'm sitting on top of a nine figure business. It's taken off like wildfire going, you know, trying to hold on for the ride. I got a book deal. I got a podcast. I got all this craziness happening in my life because at some point I just decided to start sharing what I know and build a business around it. Um, that's great, Jeff. But I mean, I, I wanted to ask you this. I think we discussed this as just um, off camera just for a second. But one of the biggest issues I find with people coming you know, to transition from corporate world into um, entrepreneurship is, is imposter syndrome. A lot of them have these, these big hangups. Like, Am I good enough? Um, can I do this? Um, and and a, a lot of the times we don't realize how much of imposter syndrome even attacks them, even in the jobs, in the roles as well. There's insecurity mm -hmm. that strikes there as well. But I think it's even more prevalent in entrepreneurship where you have the role of being the CEO of your company, you're the face of your brand and you're building a business. So how would you, how do you help your clients or how do you help someone overcome that or to manage? I don't think you can, you can ever, ever, ever overcome imposter syndrome. I think everybody gets a, a bit of dose for that every now and again, but how do you manage it? How do you not let it stop you from moving ahead? Um, serve, just serve people. You know, I think people, a lot of times, and this is because of corporate conditioning, and this is because of our educational system and the way that we're graded and we're measured and mm. we're tested and we're evaluated and we're, and it's all around demonstration of competency and yeah. these very sort of objective academic measurements in the real world. This is why school is such a, such a massive fail in my world, because it, mm. it teaches you a lot about a lot of stuff, but it doesn't really teach you anything about the real world mm. in the real world. The only thing people care about is like 
how much help, how much can you help me? Mm. And your ability to help someone has a lot less to do with your, I mean, I guess it depends. Look, if you're a cardiologist, there is a required set of skills and competencies that you have to have, that you have to have. But, you know, for a lot of things, for anything that I would consider, and by the way, that's the knowledge business too. It's like, oh, I know Mm -hmm. how a heart works. And then I just, as a formality, I have to get certifications and now I can do surgery and make fix problems. Right. But like whatever the business is, how much help you can help someone very often has as much or more to do with your attitude, your intentions, your motivation, your humility, your heart, as it does your objective intellectual expertise, particularly if it's a business that involves teaching, where it's like, oh, I'm going to teach people how to repair a, a car, like repair an engine, right? Or mm-hmm. rebuild an engine. I, I, I happen to know a guy online who has an amazing course um, that basically walks people through from A to Z, like how to rebuild an engine. And he does really well with it. It's like people sign up and they're like, oh, I mean, I, I almost considered buying it because I, but I just didn't have time. But um, in anything like that, it's like, how much do I genuinely want to serve this person is going to be the driver of your value. And you don't, there's no, there's no imposter ness around that you either want to help or you don't Mm -hmm. and and it's like and think about it when you teach someone the art of teaching the art of transferring knowledge is about bringing your knowledge as close as possible to their knowledge where it's a it's a manageable incremental step up from where they are right Mm -hmm. so thinking oh i have to have a phd i have to be way up here that they're you're going to have to bring yourself down to just above where they are anyway to be able to teach them. Because if you try to teach up here when they're down here, like they're at the level of a person who doesn't know, and you're at the level of a guy who just wrote a 300 page dissertation, Mm. you're going to have to bring it down to their level anyway. So you can, you only have to be a little above where they are and have a huge heart to serve to have really, really valuable information. And frankly, there's a diminishing return to being more and more qualified in a formal sense, Mm. because then you seem less relatable. And if people wanted that, you know, they'd go find the equivalent of Boston Consulting Group or McKinsey and they'd go pay millions of dollars a year if they can afford it, if that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. If they're looking for you online or, or through social media or whatever, it's because they want someone they connect with, someone they trust, someone they relate to, and someone who they believe is genuinely interested in helping them and knows at least a little bit more than they do. And that's not a very hard, that's not a very high bar if you actually have a heart to serve. And if you don't, you can't fake it. I love that. I love the idea because I do agree with the fact that, you know, you, you'll need to be one chapter ahead of someone, be, you know, be able to help someone because that, mm-hmm. if you are, you're able to relay the information in the way that they can understand because you've gone through it just now or, you, you know, so therefore it's easier to teach when you're learning yourself. And I always say that's one of the methods yes. I actually I teach my daughter that if she wants to learn something, especially with, with the sciences, I say, you know, go and teach that to one of your friends. And when mm-hmm. you're teaching, you're going to be learning. And that's going to be the, and you end up being the better teacher because you have to understand yourself for yourself in order for you to teach to someone else. And that's, that's the greater depth of knowledge. But a lot of the time people have these unrealistic expectations. And I find, I find people who have college education, like myself, who go to universities and we had these really, you know, who are the high achievers and supposedly academically, and who studied like crazy and burned them in like oil, those are the ones who had set these unrealistic expectations of themselves. And whereas somebody who, who is, 
incredibly knowledgeable and has all the talents equal equivalent to somebody in, with college education, they don't have those hangups. They don't have those uh, those limiting beliefs, whereas mm. the college ones do. And that's why I find people that um, in, in in the entrepreneurial world having uh, the more PhDs or masters or uh, postgrad um, you know, um, education, the more they have, the more their um, li- their their, their the reptile brain holds them back and they keep, you know, they keep thinking, hmm, not really sure. I don't think I'm right there for this. And I don't think I should do this. They're the ones who are less prone to take risks. Explain that to me, Jeff. You know, have you come across that as well? Have you noticed that as well? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Elon Musk talks a lot about, you know, MBAs and whether or not people should get an MBA. And he basically said, you know, you know, I'm not dogmatic. Like I'm not going to refuse to hire someone for an MBA because they have an MBA. I might hire them in spite of an MBA. I'm not going to hire them because of it. Mm. Like he's like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, totally throw them out, but I'm, if anything, I'm going to consider it a handicap basically. Mm. Right. Maybe they'll impress me and overcome my, my bias against it. But, and, and, and I think that that's how the world works now. Like there are absolutely certain gigs where that's the right path, but typically you look at the requirements for a thing and you can tell a lot about what the thing is going to be like. So if there's a job that you want to have and the requirements for the job involve a very rigid sort of structure that's based around performance and passing or failing and promotion by permission or by sanction, then if that's what, if that's the educational requirement or the educational environment that qualifies you for the job, that's probably what the job is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Jobs that require MBAs are a lot like the process of getting an MBA. Yeah. You have to, you know, be here on time. You have to do this thing. You have to pass this test. You have to meet this. You have to impress this professor. You have yeah. to play this game, the schmoozy game that you might not care to play. And, and like, you know, so, so to me, I, I just, I don't think jobs like that sound very fun. No. So why would I submit to the training for that job when the the training itself is already telling me what the job's going to be like? I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Oh, what, how interesting. I never even thought of it that way. Yes, you, you are absolutely right. You do. Now thinking about it, I hate to being, I, working, <laughs> being a doctor in a hospital is a lot like being in medical school. Yeah. Being an analyst at Goldman Sachs is a lot like working on your MBA. Yeah. Be, and it's like, I, I want a life that, and, and here's the thing. We live in a world now, and people say this to me all the time. They're like, Jeff, the world needs nine to five employees. And I'm like, okay, fine. I don't care. Like, be a nine to five employee, whatever. If you're, if you're alive to give the world what you think it needs based on some deep understanding of macroeconomics and you think you've solved the world, okay, go be a cog in the world. Hmm. I'm not talking about what the world needs. I'm talking about what the soul needs. Hmm. And I, I, I accept that I can't save everybody because there's always going to be enough people that say, oh, not everybody can live this fun, enlightened life of exploration and creativity. But I'm not here to save everyone, but I'm here to save anyone that wants it. Hmm. And so great. If you want to vote for the world, vote for what you think the world needs. By the way, I'm pretty sure 
that if everybody said, hey, I'm going to pivot into the opportunities of the new economy and I'm going to start uh, operating along different criteria and pursuing different opportunities and taking different chances and prioritizing different things. You know, we've we've proven to have a fairly adaptable world. I'll bet you 20 years from now, nobody would be sitting around going, dang it, we lost all our nine to five workers. Like, how are we supposed to run the factories? We would have AI would be running the factories or mm-hmm. like machines. Like we're going to figure it out. You know, yep. everybody, everybody said they hide behind what the well, the world couldn't operate if I made a change in my life. Mm-hmm. You really think you're that important? I promise you, you make the change in your life to make yourself happy and the world will be just fine. And by the way, you'll be happy. So what are you, ah, you're, don't stop voting for the world over yourself, you know? Yeah, FYI, you'll be happy. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Isn't it, is it the case, Jeff? I think what has been discussing that I'm thinking most people, um, when you said that word, most people have forgotten how to be happy. And, you know, they when you ask them what makes you happy, the average adult has a hard time articulating what makes them happy. What do you, you know, what, what do you want to do? I don't know. What makes you happy? I don't know. What, what do you like? I remember, I remember, and I find this amongst parents, especially maybe because I hang around with a lot of mothers and these mothers are professionals and some of them are homemakers, but a lot of them are professionals and they're, they're mothers as well. And they have so, they're so occupied their time with, professional work in the businesses or even um, um, even the corporate jobs and between kids that the time for themselves that what makes me happy I don't know and and I say this you know with the tongue in cheek because it was important because someone asked me this okay well what, what about you go and I had to sit there and think about it if I put my kids to one side and if I put my my businesses because I've my multiple businesses to one side what makes me happy I couldn't think my business makes me happy. I think that's one of the biggest things. And I couldn't choose that business. I love what I do. I love talking. And I go, and I was like, I'm talking my business now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you don't allow me to pick my business, outside of it, I don't give myself enough time to think about what makes me happy. Because we just don't give ourselves the time to, or the space or the mental, uh, you know, the mental space to begin to think what makes me happy. And I think most people are just in, they're just doing the work. They're, they're going through the motions of every single day without actually being happy. How do you, how, how, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, well, for one, I, I agree. I mean, and, and it's not like this, you know, assumption or this sort of cynical perspective on the world. I mean, I'm in the business where I have thousands of people coming through every single month, mm. filling out questionnaires and talking about, why they're joining Entra and what they're looking to change. And I, you know, I mean, literally a few hours ago, I was on a call with our enrollment team, the advisor team talking like, what are people saying and what's going on in the world? And people really aren't happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's uh, the general social survey that's been released, published every year since 1972 by uh, Nork at the University of Chicago. But, you know, it, it came out and big surprise. We're the, we're the least happy we've ever been. It's like, we're flirting barely around 10% of people that are reporting in as being very happy. Mm. And so this isn't like, this isn't just goal and Jeff having like a self-serving cynicism, <laughs> right? Like this is the real stuff. Yeah. And so I, I, and I think about, you know, happiness, first of all, happiness is when I think there's, there's a, a couple like universal universals about happiness. Mm-hmm. One of them is like, we feel happy when we feel like we're making progress. Yes, absolutely. And if you're not happy, there's a very good chance it's because 
you're either not making progress or, or you're not making the kind of progress that you want, which means it's not really progress. Like progressing towards someone else's goal for your life isn't really progress. Yeah. Right. If you're not moving towards your hopes and dreams, you're going to f- probably feel unhappy. The other thing that I think is a universal part of the happiness equation is service. Mm. It's doing something that makes the world or makes the, the someone around you that has a positive impact, basically not being like, completely selfish and, and self-absorbed yeah. all the time. Like I think yeah. people that are only living for themselves are almost by definition cannot be happy. So if you mm-hmm. think, okay, how can I be living a life where I feel like I'm making progress toward goals that I chose? And how can I be living a life in service to someone other than myself? And, and, and I think ideally other than my kids too, I think a lot of people like to kind of hide behind, oh, well, I'm doing it for my family. Yeah, exactly. You know, there've been a lot of horrific things in this, in the history of humanity that have been done for my family. I mean, Mm. every, every clan that attacked another clan was doing it for their family. Or the family honor (laughs) in my culture, the family honor. Yeah. The family honor. Yeah. Let's graduate beyond that. Right. Like this isn't the 14th century, you know? So if we say, okay, I need to be making progress towards goals that are bigger than, or that are of my choosing. Mm -hmm. And I need to be making a positive impact in the world for someone other than myself and my biologically, you know, connected, whatever offspring. Okay. Well, well, how do I do that? And there's, there's some things you can do, but, but frankly, most jobs aren't that. They're just not, you know? Mm. And so it's like, it gets really simple when you actually start asking bigger, broader questions. Yeah. I think this, I think this is very important. So I always say that there's only two ways to make money. You can make money by providing a service or by providing a product. And both of these things have to, has to solve some, has to find a solution to someone's problem. So you, when you're providing a service or providing product, you're actually fighting, you know, giving solutions to people, right? That's the, that's the only way to make money. And if you are providing solutions to people's problems, that actually makes you happy. So my, one of my things, for more various businesses, and I have real estate and, and whatever have you, the one that makes me the least amount of money gives me the max amount of happiness. And that is my coaching business. I love talking to people. I love the kind of transformational you know, work that I, I do with my clients. That makes me happy. I love what I do. And I get to talk as well. Of course, I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. And this makes me happy. And yet, at the same time, I'm helping people find solutions to their problems that I can do at the moment. And this, so this is a win-win situation. They're happy. I'm happy. This is what we are after. Most mm-hmm. people feel somehow that if they have a business or if they have, um, you know, they want to become entrepreneurs, somehow that's mutually exclusive from them being happy and from them being, you know, you know, then then being fulfilled because they have to. Because there's, there's a lot for this propaganda. You probably heard that as well. Hustle, 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 hustle. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know, I love the people who say them. I'm going to say his name. I think he's amazing, but I don't believe in hustling 24/7. I think that is there's no point of life. You need to have a, you need to enjoy your life. But people have bought into the idea that if I have a business, and especially the, the, the kind of people I'm, I'm thinking about listening to this episode, those so-called, you know, who are earning, earning multiple six figures in the corporate jobs, they're the ones who are doing 80, 90 hours, right? They're the ones who are not having the family life. They're the ones thinking, well, if I go and have a business and I, if I try to have a family life, but, you know, I'm still going to have to, you know, I'm, I'm still not going to be able to do things because I have to, you know, how, how, what's the best way to make money? Oh, I can go become a trader or I can go do real estate. What you offer today is an opportunity that a lot of them will just say, well, I don't know anything about it. Nothing, I'm, nothing that makes me happy can you know, provide a solution to someone else's problem. And if I had told the younger version of me that I'd be talking one day 
apart from being a lawyer, because I'm a lawyer, I talk, of course. Right. <laughs> but apart from being a lawyer, I can talk one day and, and that can be that can be a solution to someone's problem. I would think that I was crazy. But there is a skill set that every single individual has or a gift that every single individual has that makes them happy doing it and is actually a solution to someone's problem. As you mentioned, the, the, you know, there's a, um, you know I, that's one of my gifts, by the way. In my dreams, and I, I love cars. So, in my, I think once when I once I once my kids are older, I'll be having all these vintage cars, and I'll be learning how to open up a <laughs> open up engines, and I'll probably go and do his course and learn how to do that. That he's providing that course, he's he's providing that service to people like me who would love to learn how to do it, and I'm happy buying his services. He's happy selling it. We're both happy, and yeah. and it makes sense, right? But most people don't believe that that's possible for them. So how do come to this conclusion when you when you, when somebody looks at you or they look at me and I think well this worked for you go this worked for you Jeff but I don't think I'm that lucky I don't think this can happen for me I don't think I have anything of value that I can create a business around that would make me happy and make me money what would you say to that I would say look in the places that are scary or uncomfortable to look we all have parts of our life and parts of our life experience that where, uh, where tr- like truth and pain a lot of times get buried in the same holes. Mm. And so, or, or maybe, maybe a better way to say that is like purpose and pain get buried in the same holes. So go back and look at your life and, and find things that, you, that hurt. And that, I mean, we talk about, oh, well, you get paid for solving other people's problems. Well, the biggest problems are the biggest pains, Yeah. right? So the biggest problems you've ever solved are the things that hurt the most that don't hurt anymore. Yep. So go find those and pull them out, like, like pull them out of the attic, open them up and figure out how did I get through that? Mm. You know, I don't know the guy that teaches the course on cars, but I can see his passion Mm. for in in, even just in the way he talks about his car. Again, I haven't been through the course. I've been through part of it, um, but mostly I've just followed the guy and I hear him talk about his course and you can see, I mean, his like, like, He's not that excited about a car engine because of anything intrinsic to a car engine. Like, I, I don't know the story, but I guarantee you, maybe this guy, maybe his best memories with his father were rebuilding a car. Yeah. Or maybe the only way he ever got approval was when he helped his dad, you know, dad rebuild a car. Like, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm hypothesizing a narrative, but his, I guarantee you his passion and his purpose that he's converted into his business and the reason he's so good at it and the reason he can put so much energy into it is because it's connected to the, like the root of the word passion is suffering. Mm-hmm. It's connected to, it, you know, his passion and his purpose were buried in the same hole or his pain and his purpose. And so, you know, for me, what am I really doing? Am I teaching people digital marketing? Am I, no, I mean, no, there's a million. You go, go to buy ClickFunnels, go buy digitalmarketer.com. Go, there's a million platforms you can go learn how to build a digital business. And a lot of gurus, it'll teach you little sub niches thereof. What I'm really dealing with is the fact that I grew up feeling isolated and alone that, and that what made me different made me damaged. And I grew up having a dysfunctional relationship with an educational system that exacerbated that feeling and, and. And, and that I felt was trying to program me for a life I didn't want. Mm. Combine that and you have the greatest experience of pain and suffering that I've had in my life. And it was as a child. Mm. Therefore, I don't have to wake up every day and try to motivate myself or like go 
pop on a Tony Robbins CD to try to get the energy to go do this work. I will spend a hundred lifetimes trying to, to do this work to make it so that the one other Jeff Lerner as a 10 year old boy doesn't have to deal with what I dealt with. That there's an alternate path of education. There's an alternate awareness of opportunity and there's an alternate psychology in the world of processing our differences as not that which makes us damaged or defective, but that which holds the key to our greatness. Wow. So I, so I don't, you know, and so like, go find the stuff that actually mattered to you when it like that mattered in a, in a way that has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with business, mm-hmm. has like, you know, the stuff that you're going to be revisiting on your deathbed, like those kinds of things. And I promise you will find wherever you have hurt the most, but no longer hurt, you will find the biggest problem that you have solved. And you and I guarantee you're not the only person with that problem. Wonderful. It's, it's teaching the 1.0 version from the 2.0 version of yourself. That's pretty much what you're oh saying. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Go, yeah. yeah, go back and build a business saying, what business would I build to teach the person that I was based on what I've learned as a person that I am? And I guarantee in the person that you were, that person is gone. But there's a million other versions of that person out there and they're looking for you. Exactly. And they need you, specifically you. And I, I do, I do it. I think there's this people teach similar concepts and people teach similar things, but people resonate with one individual more because that's yeah. they see themselves in them. And that's yeah. where there's I don't believe in competition. I think there's there's so much opportunity out there because there's so many, there's only one goal, but there are many other people out there teaching something similar to what I do. But the mm-hmm. people who resonate with me will not resonate with anyone else but go because it's go who they need. And that's because that's the older version of me that they are now living. And that's where we move forward. Anyway, so on that yeah, note, I, I I'll think- tell you, I'm, I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. And for example, 53% of my viewers are between, no, actually 70% of my viewers are between 25 and 55 and 78% of them are male. The people that are like me are attracted to me. Yeah. Like this isn't a shock, right? Yeah. And so, you know, unless you're literally from another planet and there's no (laughs) one else like you, (laughs) they're going to be people that resonate and people that share your problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time with us, Jeff. Jeff, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, that's, a silly que- that's a silly question. I know you're all over the internet, but yeah. <laughs> I'll let you tell like you Yeah, just, just, say, just say my name and then Siri mm-hmm. or Alexa or one of these eavesdropping platforms will hear you and they'll start showing you my ads. Um, but no, seriously, uh, I'm all over social media, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. It's all Jeff Lerner official on those platforms. And then I'm the Jeff Lerner on Twitter because Jeff Lerner official is too many characters for Twitter. But basically, honestly, just Google my name. It's, you know, pages of stuff. Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, we will have all the links for Jeff on um, on our show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have his links to go check it out. He is one phenomenal individual and a very he's actually very humble considering what he's achieved. But he is amazing. And I do want to um, um, I would definitely ask you to go and follow him and uh, learn something because I've learned quite a bit today. It's been a very, very insightful conversation. And I will say this with all humility. There are very few people that actually I feel so um, as is that I've learned quite a lot during that then we are now a conversation that we've had. But I have come walked away with quite a few nuggets that I'm going to be mulling over in my mind when I do my you know, my evening meditation. And thank you so much for being such an amazing guest, Jeff. 
Oh, thanks, Cole. Thanks for creating this space. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I appreciate all to all that are, are viewing or listening out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to me and Jeff today. I will be back with another amazing guest on our Money Talkie segment. I'm finding out if we can, you know, get some gold nuggets for them so that you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.